Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 2, verse, verse 1. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. This would definitely not work with (laughs) COVID-19. There was no isolation going on here. Verse 3, then they came to him bringing a paralytic man who was carried by four men. Four men carrying this paralyzed guy. Verse 4, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they climbed up on the roof where he was, uncovered it. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic man was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Hmm. And some of the scribes, the religious folk, were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God? Look at verse 8. I like this again, second time. But immediately. Notice that with those, these words immediately showing up in this passage. When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or say, arise and take up your bed and walk. But, what, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, And go to your house. Look at there, verse 12. There it is again. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified. Watch God saying, we never saw anything like this. Today I want to speak to you from a subject, and I want you to prophesy. Come on, I want you to talk to your kids, talk to your family, look at your husband or your wife. And say this out loud, real loud. Say, say, Jesus, come in this house. Right now, right where you're at. Jesus, come in this house. You may be in your physical house right now. I'm speaking spiritually, uh, just to put it in perspective, because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a housing, a dwelling place for God's presence, God's power to dwell. It's amazing to me how people say, well, I'm saved, I'm, I love the Lord, uh, I'm a Christian, and God lives in me, uh, but if you look at the fruits of their life, there's no change. I, I, I have a problem believing that we serve this God who created the heavens and the earth and hung, uh, created this, the stars and the moon and, and uh, uh, the fish and the birds of the air. And I mean, and he created man and did all this stuff. God is as big as he is. The earth is his footstool. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and this big, huge God's inside of us, but yet there's no change in us. Listen, God's so big, there has to be. There's no way you could have God inside of you and not have some change take place in your life. I'm just glad that I, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. And today, you can't have change. He's an amazing God. He loves you today. And I love this story. Uh, for us to really understand our text in chapter 2, you've got to understand, catch that word, and again, he, Jesus, entered in Capernaum. Uh, this is right there beside in Galilee. Jesus is ministering. He's, he's 
touching, he's healing, he's delivering, he's doing miracles, he's uh, causing blinded eyes to see, he's healing leprous people. But something happened in the house that he's in right now, and again, he entered Capernaum uh, where Jesus was staying. He was in this house prior in chapter 1 of the same book. And uh, he was, it was actually Simon's house. Simon took Jesus while on the road and ministering and, and healing people. His, Simon's mother-in-law got sick. So Simon thought it would be a good idea to take Jesus to his house and uh, let him heal her. And sure enough, Jesus did show up. Uh, that tells me right there that Simon was sure enough saved. He, <laughs> if you take Jesus to heal your mother-in-law, you definitely love the, love the Lord. <laughs> but he, uh, he took Jesus to, to the room where his mother-in-law was full of fever. And uh, she was about ready to uh, maybe pass away. I'm not sure about exactly how bad it was. But she had fever. And she was sick. And she couldn't, she couldn't do anything. And Jesus walked in, grabbed her by the hand, and said, be made whole. She gets up, and actually she gets up and makes, makes them some dinner. So some miracles, as these miracles started happening, the crowds begin to grow and expand, and Jesus' ministry begins to explode. He didn't need no Facebook. He didn't need no Instagram. He didn't need likes on Twitter. He, he didn't need anything like that. He just began to do signs, miracles, and wonders. And uh, his, his uh, 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 following began to grow. Uh, it's interesting whenever you have um, uh, the fruit of truth, the fruit of uh, faith. When you have fruit, you shall know them by the fruits, right? People are going to know who you really are by what's coming out of your life. And uh, when we have these, the, the right fruit coming out of us, people, you don't have to tell people you're a Christian. You don't have to tell people you're a pastor or a preacher or you're, you go to this church, you go to that. No, no. It, it, the fruit that you bear is going to uh, show people, wow, they're the real deal. There's an anointing on their life. And Jesus had this anointing that was causing great miracles and, and blinded eyes and leprosy and, and deaf ears. Things were happening. And, I mean, it was awesome. By the time we get to chapter 2, so... You need to realize it's, it's been spreading. The word's been spreading. And again, he entered Capernaum. And he's in the same house that he was just a chapter prior. And uh, if I've learned in my life, and even in our text, if, if you do the right thing long enough, eventually the word will spread and it will become contagious. Listen to me, Vessel. If we do the right thing long enough, eventually people are going to want what we've got. Your friends are going to, if you're praying and reading your word and you're living the life and you're not walking away from the church and you're not walking in fear and walking away from God's presence just because there's doubt and unbelief and separation and, and, you, and you don't get full of anxiety but you let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your Father in heaven. If you let your life be a written testimony right now in these testing times, listen to me, it's, it, 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 it's contagious and people want to have hope. Even the most unchurched folk right now, they're the easiest people to just share the gospel with. People were hungry in this city, in this village, and they were coming, thronging them, thronging, if you will, to, the, to this house. And, I mean, it was flooded with people. You couldn't get in. Why? Because Jesus' fruit was expanded. It had gotten out. Something was taking place. Listen, if you do things long enough... Be consistent in your prayer life. Be a witness. Be an example. Keep being faithful to the church. Keep giving. Keep 
honoring the Lord first. Keep uh, uh, him number one in priority and everything else second and third. And your kids are going to see the results. Keep loving that husband that, that, keep, that don't know Jesus. Keep loving that wife that's running away. Uh, that son or that daughter that don't want anything to do with Christianity. Keep loving them. Do it long enough. And eventually something will break through. So again, Jesus entered this city. Number one. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time we will reap harvests of blessing. If we don't give up. We've got to be consistent. But what I've learned in this story. And what I want to bring to your attention. Even in your life. Is number one. My point is. If God did it before. He can do it again. If God did it before. He can do it again. And again, Jesus came. He came back to the same city, to the same house. Why? Because people were hungry. People were thirsty. They were open for change and transformation. The enemy would love to convince you today, because of your circumstance, that your best days are behind you. But I prophesy right now to not only my vessel family, but to those of you who don't even know me and you just happen to have, uh, flip on this, this channel. I, I prophesy to you that the best is yet to come. Your, your latter shall be greater, greater than the former. The, the, the God's working all things out for the good for you. He's turning your circumstance around. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says it like this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, he's talking to the Christians, talking to the household of faith. Be steadfast. In other words, make your mind up. Immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Notice it doesn't say in the work of man. In the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain when you're doing it for the Lord. Come on. Some of you are weary and you're tired and you're ready to throw in the towel and give up because it's not like it used to be. Well, I want to go back to the old days. Listen to me. If God did it before, he can do it again. And he can do it better. He can do it greater. You've got to have faith. You've got to know that if God be for you, no devil in hell, no obstacle that comes against you can be against you. Your labor is not in vain when you're doing it for the Lord. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Don't be shakable. Have a sure foundation because of whom you know, who you know you believe in. There is more of God. Let me write this down. There is more of God that is hidden than has ever been revealed. Say it like that. There's more to God hidden that's ever been revealed. If you knew all about God and you could understand it, it would make your mind blow up. That's why he said, my ways are not your ways. and My thoughts are not your thoughts. There's always more of him on the way. Something new, something fresh. We must stay hungry for him. He's, the, the Bible says in scripture, I'll give you some scripture in Revelations chapter 4 and 8. It says it like this, for the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, they're around the throne of God, and they do not rest day or night. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. I'm telling you, there's, there's more um, of God hidden than has ever been revealed. Some of you think, well, I experienced God back in the day. Who, who, who was, who is, 
and who is to come. I love that scripture because it lets us know there's more to God to experience. Who was is your past. Who is is your present. But I got news for somebody today. There's more to God for you to tap into if you'll keep putting one foot in front of the other. If you'll keep praying. If you'll keep believing. If you'll keep uh, causing your faith to grow. Not looking at present circumstances, but knowing who was, who is, and who is to come. Your future days are better than your past or your present days. He's still good. He's still faithful. He's He's placed you above only and never beneath. He's blessed you coming in and blessed you going out. My Lord, he's called you the head and not the tail, first and not last. He's a God. If he did it before, he can do it again. If he healed your mama back there in in 1985, he can heal you today in 2021. If he's delivered your, your friend or your brother, your sister from drugs and alcohol and all types of perversion, if he did it once, I'm convinced as sons and daughters, we need to start having faith to know that God, if Jesus is in control of this house, he is welcomed and he can move any way he chooses to move. We are sons and daughters, church. We don't have to be discouraged because of what things look like on the outside. No, no. I'm not controlled by my present circumstances. I am, my faith can move mountains. And if I ain't got but just the size of faith of a mustard seed, I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak hope. I'm going to believe and declare, with God I'll live and with God I'll die. He'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me you we've got hope Jesus you can have this house when he rules the house he's in control when he was in this house in our text some things started happening people were hungry for the word first of all they were hungry and thirsty for his presence they weren't caught up in religion and going through the motions no no they they pushed themselves into and packed themselves like sardines into this house So much that the outsiders couldn't even get in. When was the last time you were so hungry for God, you was willing to be shoulder to shoulder to sweaty, stinky Christians (laughs) who were hungry as well, and you said, I don't care what it costs me, I just want to be where Jesus is. How can there be more of him when we get to heaven than what we already know? I'll tell you. The moment you try to put an ending on God or a beginning is the moment he doesn't and isn't God. You're limiting his power. He's the alpha and omega. He's beginning and the end. He has always been and he will always be. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says it like this, but as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man The things which God has prepared for those who love him. All I'm here to tell you is you haven't seen nothing yet. If God did it before, he can do it again. I remember as a son, as a young man growing up in the church. I mean, man, we would have service. We would go to church on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, Tuesday night prayer meeting, and then Wednesday night service throughout the week. And uh, I grew up in church. That's just the way it was. And, but those are some of the greatest times I'd ever experienced, getting to see people in the altars and people filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and, and being healed and set free and delivered of bondages. That's my heritage. I, I won't let that go. I won't walk away from that. I believe there was, there's, there's something about a godly heritage that we as sons and daughters need to hold on to. 
But you need to be reminded <clears throat> that even just because it was good then doesn't mean that it can't be better today. I believe if we're hungry and thirsty, the Bible says, they that are hungry and thirsty after, that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I'm wondering if we have become a people who have stopped being satisfied. We're ready for the house to be in a house full of people, but we're there for the people more than we're there for him. That's what can change and shift, determine whether or not people have an encounter or they just have a gathering. I'm not about a gathering so much as I am. Let's encounter his presence. And Jesus, people were hungry. They were there because they wanted Jesus to change their life. I need Jesus to change me every day. And I'm thankful that if he did it before, he can do it again. When, number two, when Jesus is in the house, there's an acceleration anointing. Let me explain. When Jesus is in the house, there's an acceleration anointing. When we get his presence to show up, if you through, see throughout Scripture in our text, verse 2, you'll see it in verse 8, you'll see it in verse 12. Consistently, the word immediately is mentioned. Immediately. Immediately. And uh, it said, immediately many gathered together. And it says, but immediately when Jesus perceived uh, his, the, his spirit that they reasoned in themselves. And immediately he arose and took his bed. Something about when Jesus shows up, when we get his presence in the house, in our lives, what used to take six, six years can take six days. It can take six months. It can take six weeks. Listen to me. His presence will expedite uh, anything and everything in your life whenever you give him complete and total control. If you want to get things accomplished, your obedience to the word will save you time. Obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We talked about that. What this means is um, God's not, uh, he doesn't have to do it the same way he's done it before. Okay? He may do it in a totally different way. And you have to be okay with that. You can't put him in a box. You can't limit how he wants to do the miracle, how he wants to shift and change your life. You've got to choose to be uh, faithful to the call and walk it out by faith and, and declare it and decree it and then let him do the work. He does the work. He does the miracles. His presence changes the circumstances. But when Jesus is in the house, things can accelerate real quickly. This is the reason... Uh, that, that, that we are to reach out and to walk by faith and not by sight. Because sometimes what it looks like in the present isn't always what it looks like um, behind the scenes. Because God's working. Okay? And, and many times he's working and we don't think he's doing anything. And, and he's getting just one moment, just one instant can accelerate and change your life. One encounter. One connection. One second in his presence will change your life forever. There's an anointing that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And it's here today to give you, if anything, a little push to say, get up. It's time. Let's go. There was four guys who were friends with this young man who had enough faith to say, you know what? Jesus is healing people all across this city. We've done heard what he did for Simon's mama. We done heard about the leprous guy. We heard about the blind guy. Hey, he's back in the house. We're going to get you there, and we're going to get you off this bed. He had four men, four friends that were hungry and thirsty and had faith enough to say, Hey, 
If Jesus did it for somebody else, he can do it for you. And we're not waiting anymore. (laughs) Probably one of the four guys that was carrying him all this time probably said, man, I'm tired of carrying you. I'm ready for you to get up and walk on your own. Sometimes as family members, we can uh, weaken people's faith because we baby them and we almost cripple them uh, because we're trying to take them and fix their problem all the time instead of teaching people how to depend on a God that's bigger than you. Okay? So, so if someone's crippling you to make you dependent on them, that's probably not the friend you need. You need these four, like some friends like these four guys. They said, hey, we're, we're going to get you to the source. We're going to get you to the right place. We're going to accelerate because we got faith with you. The Bible says when they showed up to that house, uh, <laughs> they couldn't get in. The door was shut. There was all types of people there. We're going to talk about that too. He, but, but, but Jesus was teaching and he was healing and the house was crowded and they show up and they can't get in. They don't take no for an answer. So they start crawling up the roof and they, you know the story. They take the roof off. They, they, they lower the bed down in front of Jesus. And, I mean, things are happening. Why? Because desperate measures call, calls, call for desperate things to happen. Whatever it is that in your life, whatever your situation, how bad it is, if you're desperate enough, you're, you'll do whatever it takes. No limitations. Plan on the word. Listen, plan on the word getting out when you're desperate. It's going gonna, it's gonna to show. These guys were hungry. They were desperate. Their friend needed to be healed. And if we'll be desperate sons and daughters, there's a change on its way. Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. I want you to see that. When you meditate in this word, when you know this word, when you're hungry for the word, when you choose not to take the path of sinners and, 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 and religion, he says you'll be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water. And, the, and that tree will bring forth fruit in its season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You want to be prosperous, you have to be a man or a woman that chooses not to go with the norm, not to go with the crowd, that's willing to go up on the roof and drop some things down in the presence of God and say, well, listen, I can't carry this anymore. I can't fix this problem by myself. I've got to have you in my life. I'm just here to tell you, God wants to accelerate some things. He don't want you to keep walking in brokenness. He don't want you to keep walking in despair. He don't want you to keep going through the motions just to get by. No, you shouldn't just be getting up every day. Oh, I'm depressed and I'm defeated. I got to do it again. Listen to me. This is the day the Lord hath made. You got joy because of what Jesus did for you. You got to recognize, start having a prayer like David for the Lord to restore the joy of your salvation. It's amazing to me. When When did salvation stop being enough? When did it stop being enough for us to be happy and thankful and grateful that we're not on our way to hell anymore? We're on our way to a place, to a city whose maker is God. We're going to heaven. We're going to a place where there'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more despair, no more uh, worry and sickness. No, no. A place where the streets are made of gold and walls are of jasper and the gates are made of pearl. Come on. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful place. Be thankful today 
Recognize that your life is accelerated. My Lord, if you've encountered Jesus and you're not moving forward, I, I question whether or not you truly encountered him or if you encountered some religion. Religion won't get you across the street, but Jesus, the presence of God, will change your life forever. Jesus was in this house. He was there with some religious folk. There was a bunch of religious people there. But I think he was willing to put up with the religious folk because there was some lost, hurting people coming and that had already shown up. I think he also recognized that there was some worshiping, hungry people that were going to show up. And he was willing to put up with the religious folk so that the lost and the hurting and the worship hungry people he could encounter and touch and change and accelerate their life as a result of their passion and desire for his presence. The Bible says that God has always been about lost, hurting people. If you look in Luke chapter 9, 19 verse 10, it talks about, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's, so uh, so I, actually, if there was two types of people that God loves to help and loves to accelerate, I believe it's not only lost people, but I believe it's worshiping hungry people. And we see that in John chapter 4, verse 23, where it talks about the hour has come and now is when true worshipers will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Okay? It's a familiar passage, and we talked about that before. I, I just want you to know God's, he's, He longs to be with true worshipers, not fake and phony people. I think Jesus was willing to be in a packed out house with some religious folk who was, he knew was going to be questioning what he was doing. Who knew that they were going to try to put a question mark and, and, and point at and, and make fun of his authority and his power because they still just saw him as just some man. Listen, you can't just see God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit as just an, a second option. He's got to be your only option. Religion will make you think, well, if this don't work out, I got another way. There's only one way. Jesus is the way. And the lost hurting people who showed up in this house and lost and hurting and worship and hungry people that are watching right now are the people that his presence are going to do. He's gonna, he can and will do supernatural miracles in your life if you'll trust him for it, if you'll believe him for it. I'm, I'm convinced that the word of God is true. When the Bible says if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. Jesus was preaching to mostly people in, the, in most aspects of, the, of his ministry. Jesus would consistently preach to people who were so desperate for him, they didn't have another option, they didn't have another choice. And in this, in this house, there was three types of people. There was the religious, there was the lost and hurting and then there was those who was hungry and, and had a heart full of worship for him there's some things that we have to be willing as a church body I'm talking to the church body now to you as the church we've got to be willing to deal with some things that might not we might not agree with we not, might, might not like it but we do it recognizing that there's some lost and hurting out there there's some people that are really truly hungry for the presence of God. And we can help them. I don't want us to just be a building full of people. I want us to be a, a, a house for the sick. The Bible says they that are whole needeth no physician. I want us to be a church 
a place of refuge, a place where people can run to when they've been rejected by the religious, if you will. It was the religious who was thinking in their mind, who is this Jesus think he is? When Jesus looked at this young man who had been lowered down through the roof and he spoke this declaration, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't come there necessarily maybe to get his sins forgiven. He was coming to be healed of his ailment so he could walk. But Jesus saw his need, truly what he needed. And that's the thing about God and his presence. He knows what we need, not just what we want. And I want you to know today, whatever you have need of, God can do it. He will do it. He desires to do it. So there's an acceleration anointing that takes place when his presence is in the house. But number three, we have to make room for all to access God's presence. We have to make room for all to access God's presence. The house was full of a lot of stuff. And uh, as our church grows and as we expand, we have to be a place. We have to be a hospital for the sick to be made whole and healed. For sinners to be able to come in and recognize, you know what? You're, you're walking in darkness, but if you can make this shift and this change and you can let your dependency be on Him, let Jesus come control and rule and reign in your house, in your heart. He, can, he loves you just like you are, but He don't want to leave you where you are. That's, that's the kind of place we need to be. Psalms chapter 145 verse 18 says it like this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him, watch this, in truth, He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He also will hear their cry and save them. It's powerful. He hears your cry. He sees your desires. He he recognizes if you're being real with him or if you're being fake and phony. See, that's the thing about God. You can't fake it till you make it with him. You, you, You can with people maybe, but you can't with him. And listen, I don't care if you've been saved for 77 years. Church, things have shifted. Life's not going to go back the same way it used to. I'm not worried about this building. I can have church right there in my home. I think this COVID-19 has proved it. We are the church. The church dwells within. You're the church. And we got to be a place where when someone's sick, they know they can find some faith with their brother or their sister to pray for them, encourage them, build them up. We got to be a house of refuge because Jesus is our source. We can give hope to others as a result of our relationship with him. Make room for all to access. I don't care black, white, brown, purple, blue. I don't care homosexual, heterosexual. I don't care if drug addict, prostitute, come on, lesbian. It doesn't matter. All who will, come. Come. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You will be delivered. You will be set free. You can be made whole. We must make room for all to have access to his presence. 
Don't try to put limitations based off of your opinion or your convictions. This pastor right here is not going to try to put my convictions on you. That's not my job. My job is to preach this word, and the word will convict you. The word will change you. The word will shift you. If you're not where you need to be, that's that's between you and God. But I'm going to speak the truth because I know it is only the truth that will set you free. It's not going to be another good message or a great song. Those are all wonderful. But the word of God is very clear. He sent his word to heal them. When you speak the word, the Bible says it, makes it very plain. His word will go out and whatever it's sent out to do, it will accomplish. So I'm convinced I got enough faith in this word that no matter what the government does, no matter what the president does, no matter what my city or community does, no matter what some denomination says, I know God's word will change the worst of the worst. Will give peace in the midst of the worst of the storms. Will give healing in the, in the midst of <laughs> the greatest sickness you could have ever imagined. I've seen it, I've experienced it, and God's faithful in all things. Make room for all to access. The lame man had four friends who led him to Jesus and that's our job. That we lead people to Jesus. We give him them opportunity. Without he, these four friends, that young man would have never been able to get to Jesus and access him with that crowded house and get up on that roof and be dropped right down in front of the word. I love that those friends brought that, that young man to the word. They didn't have all the answers, but they knew that the word did. And I'm just here to tell you, if we'll put our friends, our family, our sons and daughters, position them in front of the word, the word will speak. The word will change, and it will transform. It's interesting, if you count the four friends and the young man laying on the bed that was brought into the house, (laughs) actually there's five of them, one, two, three, four, five. And, And five, the number five actually represents grace. I believe it's important that we as Christians, for those of us who have been in this church thing for a long time, we need to always remember where sin abounds, grace doth much more. Grace found this young man and brought him to the foot of Jesus. So not only his physical ailment could be fixed, but his, the most important, his spiritual um, circumstance could be changed and transformed in a moment. Now, son, your sins have been forgiven. I love verse 5 where Jesus speaks to him as he's standing, sitting right in front of him on that bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, notice it was their faith that he saw that caused them to have compassion and to speak over him. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. I don't want us to skip over that. Number four, Jesus confirms him as a son. Before he ever deals with his sin, before he ever deals with his ailment, his crippledness, before he deals with anything, he confirms him as a son. And I want you to know today, he's called you by name. He knows who you are. He's known you since even in your mother's womb. He created you for a purpose and a destiny. It wasn't just to go through the motions. It wasn't just to get by. Today, the Holy Spirit, like this young man, is confirming your identity. Jesus told him who he was before he ever talks to him about his circumstance or situation. And I want you to know before you go any further, no matter who's listening or who's watching, no matter what what you've been told, 
from a pastor or for, from a friend or from a husband or from a wife or, or a son or a, a mom or a dad. Listen to me. You can and will be and you've been called to be a son. You're a son. Stop running. Say yes. It's important we follow the example of Jesus when leading others to Christ. Never shun or push aside others so that, to cause them uh, to think that they're not good enough or they're not accepted or they've got to do this before Jesus will choose them. No, no, no. The religious was doing that. You saw in the, in the story, you see how the religious was thinking in their head. A lot, of, a lot of people will do that. They'll assume a lot of things and they'll come up with this uh, uh, this little mindset of, well, you know, they just don't, if they did it like we did it, we'd, they just ain't got li- like what we've got. They, they, they ain't got it together. They're really not living for the Lord because they don't live like we do. Listen, when was the last time the Bible said I had to live like you or they had to live like you? It's not my job to have you living like me. No, no. Paul made it real clear that it, as the church, as a son, as a daughter, Paul said it like this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget the things which are behind me. In other words, I forget the stuff that I've been taught by man, the stuff that I've been taught by religion, the stuff that would make me cold-hearted because of what I've been through. I forget the things which are behind. I reach forth toward the things which are before, and I press toward the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. What's important is that we give people opportunity to press toward the mark. The mark isn't my church or your church. The mark isn't a denomination or your denomination. The mark is to have a relationship with Jesus. Time's running out. Jesus is coming back. The trumpet's going to sound. Are you ready? That's the question. Is there unforgiven sin in your life? Is there condemnation and shame that's keeping you pushed aside and and, and running, uh, staying in the backgrounds of life because you don't feel good enough or because you've been like this your whole life? It's never going to change. Listen to me. Jesus came so that you could be set free. Do you hear me, son? He loves you. But you don't know what I've done, preacher. I don't. And in spite of what you've done, he does know. And he says, come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for, it is, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's never intended for you to carry shame, condemnation, or even to walk in sin. Jesus laid his life down to conquer that sin. He wants you to have freedom. All you got to do is say, Jesus... You can have this house. (laughs) You can have this house. Let's be men and women who are for others being free. Let's be men and women who long to have people encounter this Jesus that we've encountered. If you're saved and you're set free and you're living for the Lord, praise God. What are you doing for the kingdom? I'm talking to you, sir. Don't tell me how many years you've been living for Jesus. What are you doing for the kingdom? How are you building the kingdom? Who are you telling about the kingdom? Because time's running out. Joy, listen, peace, hope. All these emotional feelings that we can find in Jesus, listen to me. 
Life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment and then it's gone. Our time is running out. Signs and wonders, signs upon signs upon signs through Scripture is taking place. And let's just get to the reality of why we're doing what we're doing. We're preaching this gospel so that whosoever will can call on the name that's above every name. And today, I wonder, sir, ma'am, young man, young lady, have you called on the name of Jesus He loves you. He wants you to let him come into your home, in your heart, and be Lord of your life. Come on, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. I need you to take control of my life. I don't want to stay in the same state. I don't want to stay paralyzed. I don't want to stay limited anymore. I want to walk in freedom. I want to have eternal life with you as my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising and getting up. Today I live for you. It's that simple, sir. When you make that prayer, when you make that devotion, when you make that commitment, your life is changed. And I believe God's come in. He's taking control. Lord, I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for hope in these people, in the hearts of your sons and your daughters. We give you honor and praise that Jesus is in the house. He's in our house. We love you, Lord. We thank you for greater things to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I'm so thankful that you joined us today. I pray that you know that that Jesus has come to set you free and to do great exploits in your life. Let's be the church. Let's love people. Let's encourage people. And let's see God do supernatural miracles, signs, and wonders. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.